Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm CB Drogi. This week, The Hole by Edward Ashton. Huh, Max says, and reaches up to scratch the broad, bald dome of his head. That is not what I expected to happen. He looks down into the hole. Dory steps up beside him. How far down do you think it goes? He shrugs. Dunno. The hole, which had not been there moments before, now runs arrow straight toward the center of the earth. It's two feet wide. The walls are smooth as glass. The wreck is scattered across the desert around them. The chunk they've been working on is a tapered cylinder, twelve feet long and maybe half that wide. The access panel that Max just finished prying loose has followed whatever fell out of the space behind it down into the hole. The exposed compartment is empty. What's that sound? Dory asks. Wind, Max says. It's going down into the hole. He's right. The hole is sucking air, and the noise of it is growing into a rising roar. Dory's long blonde hair flutters in the strange downward-blowing breeze. Do you think it'll keep going? Dory asks. I mean, will it just keep sucking stuff in forever? Mac shakes his head. Not forever. He looks up. The sun is a hot white glare in a cloudless blue sky. Pretty soon I'm guessing there won't be anything left to suck. The artificial singularity falls through the earth with little more difficulty than it would have fallen through vacuum. It slows slightly while passing through the dense iron core drawing in matter and throwing off hard radiation, enough so that it fails to reach the floor of the Indian Ocean before falling back again. The rotation of the Earth turns the path it describes through the planet into a complex series of interlocking arcs, like the petals of a flower traced out in negative space. Each pass bleeds off more energy, and each arc peaks slightly lower, until the singularity's motion is reduced to an oscillation within the core. Finally, it comes to rest. And then, like a spider at the center of its web, it begins to eat. So, Dory says, what happens now? They're in a booth in an Applebee's in Elko, Nevada. Mac looks down into his half-empty beer, then drains it in one pull. Well, he says, and belches hugely, First thing is, we quit worrying about the credit card. He waves down their waitress, waggles his empty glass, and holds up one finger. Really, Dory says. What do we do? I mean, we ought to tell somebody, right? Mac gives her a blank stare. The waitress puts a fresh beer down in front of him. He drinks half of it down, then shakes his head. Tell somebody what? he asks. That the world's about to end and it's our fault? How exactly do you see that playing out? Dory's eyebrows knit over the bridge of her nose. It's not really, she says. Is it? Mac shrugs. Don't know for sure, I guess. He belches again, then drinks most of what's left in his glass. But did you see what came out of that wreck? 
Did you feel it pull at you when it fell? As if to emphasize his point, the room shudders. Their shadows dance around them as the lamp above the table swings wildly. Across the room, a waitress drops a full tray of plates and glasses into a trucker's lap. His friends burst out laughing. Yeah, Max says. I'd say we're screwed. Dory's known Mac for almost twenty years now. They met on a cruise ship when they were paired for a kayaking trip up a Norwegian fjord. They spent most of that day in companionable silence. They've spent most of the past two decades in companionable silence, truth be told. On this night, though, as they're making their way out of the Elko Applebee's through ever-worsening tremors, Dory has a flash of memory. They were standing at the rail of the ship on the night they met, watching the northern lights snake across the sky. Mac touched her face, brushed her hair back, ran one finger from her ear down along the line of her jaw. Dory turned to him then, looked into his eyes and said, You know, I've got a feeling you're going to get me in trouble someday. Mac reaches back to help Dory to the top of the bluff. The moon is high and bright overhead. The town below is still lit up in places, but the power is failing block by block. The tremors are almost constant now, and getting stronger by the minute. Dory pulls out her phone. Mac takes it from her, rears back, and chucks it over the edge. Hey, she says. What the hell, Mac? You got an hour left on Earth, Mac says. You really want to spend a check on Facebook? Dory scowls, takes two steps away from him. The ground lurches beneath them, and she sits down hard in the dirt. I don't know she says as he drops down beside her. What else is there to do? He wraps an arm around her shoulder, pulls her tight against him. She pulls back at first, then leans her head against his shoulder. They sit like that for a while, holding tighter when the earth moves, relaxing when it's still. It's too bad, Dory says finally. Yeah, Max says, but what are you going to do? The bluff shudders beneath them. The valley floor buckles with a subsonic groan, and the last of the lights in the town wink out. Dory, Max says. Yeah? I'm sorry your last meal was from Applebee's. She takes a deep breath in and wraps her arms around his chest. He smooths her hair down, then kisses her forehead. She looks up as the bluff drops away beneath her. The stars stare back at her from an inky black sky, cold and clear and unconcerned. This has been The Hole, written by Edward Ashton, and originally published in the Broken Worlds Anthology. Menowaker Studios' Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash to find out more. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios' director of Dice is Ben Baston. The podcast is produced, edited, and narrated by me, C.B. Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter at C-B-D-R-O-E-G-E. Thanks for listening. Thank you.
On the next installment of Flash Fiction Podcast, Scabmire frowned and smoke puffed from his hairy ears. Quit nitpicking and get your robe on and the purple ribbon and stuff.